day, Gary. You're right on time, man. Hey, I, I know. It's, usually it's my fault. We're right on time. That's How's right. it going? It's going great. It's going great. Gary Cavins is in the house as we kick off hour two here from Cavins Construction. We spend most Thursdays here. And, I mean, a lot of rain. A lot of rain over the last 24 hours. I know. It has. So, it has been. as a homeowner, be wary of, of leaks. If you be leaking, um, be wary of, of area where you'll have kind of water-stained walls and things of that nature. And if you notice any of that, Gary, you're here to help. Businesses, too. That's right. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help from uh, Chris on our roofing division. If you have any roof leaks or anything like that that need to be resolved, um, to uh, Jessica L. and myself on the environmental side and uh, our great team of trained professional managers that we have, you know, we can help out from water extraction, structural drying, water damage cleanup. So if you uh, have any water damage, broken pipe, broken fire line at your business or broken plumbing line, um, you know, we're here to help. Um, sewer backups, uh, you know, that happens. And, you know, we can clean those up for you, too. Uh, so our, the environmental side just has uh, so many different options. And uh, from Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma City to Tulsa to Stillwater. A lot of things to look for. A lot of things to look for, right? I mean, you got it as a homeowner, if, especially I live in an older home. As a business owner, you want to make sure that even in, in the most minimal situations like this it's saying let's make sure everything is good and you know cavens can help can help there especially on the business side because you've got you got maintenance services that you'll provide which take that worry out of a business owner's hands you take care of all that we do we do and you know well, uh, before we jump over to maintenance sure. i'll tell you a story about the a water job we just did we just did a gigantic water job at a church in oklahoma city that the fire main broke and flooded the entire building and what we found during that water job um, that first day is as we are taking baseboards out and everything to get everything dry and set mm-hmm. up all of our drying equipment, we started finding mold. Well, as it turned out, they had had another water issue um, six months earlier and that had allowed that wasn't dried properly and they had mold. Oof. And so we had to turn around and turned in after we got everything dried out, it turned around into a mold. Um, from the previous water loss that wasn't structurally dried properly. So if you guys have a water loss in your business or your home or something like that, you have to make sure that it's dried properly to prevent mold growth from happening. If mold growth does happen, we can help. If you have a water loss, we can help. Make us your first call. That uh, phone number in Tulsa is 918-282-7612. Here in Norman, OKC, 405 405- Five seven three three zero four eight. You can find Gary on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Emergency board ups too, right? That's right. We it's did, been a big uh, thing. We had a bank that was broken into Saturday, oh. and we went over there and uh, boarded up that bank window and secured the property and everything. So, I mean, we're we're here twenty four seven three sixty five. Uh, we have the most structural drying equipment in the state of Oklahoma. I promise you. We had two semi loads delivered this week at, by itself. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I got to take you back there and show you that, Chris. You'll you'll like it. I like equipment. Uh, I don't know what any of it does, but I like to look <laughs> and act like I do. <laughs> but no, we're um, we actually have a truck standing out there waiting to be unloaded right now with some new brand new uh, drying equipment too. So we're we're you know spending the money to have the equipment to handle any kind of water restoration, um, flood, um, pipe break, anything that might happen at your business. You know, and you you say it a lot, but you've trained yourself and your staff to make sure that they understand every detail from your 
plumbing to Chris and the roofing, but more specifically just you yourself, Carrie. You take it very seriously. You want to be not just the one-stop shop, but you want to do it right and do it right the first time so it's not a recurring issue for your clients. That's why you're trained up to protect them from mold, trained up to protect them from issues that could become more problematic down the road. That's right. And, you know, one thing that we do after every job on the environmental side is we do a debriefing with the team that was involved. And we take those notes, and me and Jessica L., uh, look at all of them, yeah, Jessica VT. I gotta. Quit oh, that's that. right. She's got now. And by the way, just just for for clarity, Jessica Cavens is. I mean, we can say probably really the boss, right, Gary? That's right. That's She's right. really the boss. So there's a Jessica C and a Jessica L. But now Jessica L got married a while back, so she's Jessica VT. VT. All right. Yes, and that that always throws me off a little bit. Uh, but uh, no, we review those notes and we go back into them, and we. You know, we make changes based upon that in our training programs that we have for our managers and for our field staff uh, just to tweak it because, you know, things are always changing. Um, the way you dry things is always changing, and there's always better ways. And so we always, we always want to review everything we've done to make it better for the next time. All right, hey, Gary, one, one thing, local, 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 right? You'll see things that happen, and they'll go up against the uh, – they'll go uh, from the perspective of – maybe having guys put signs up on the corner and you're local. You're not just here. You're in the community. You're giving back. How much, how important is that for you whenever it comes to giving back to the community over what? $10,000 to the United way uh, on Monday of this week. That's, that's right. look at yeah. you. And then uh, over a hundred thousand dollars back to the community just this year alone. That's massive. That's it is. Thanks. That's huge. That's, that's huge. That's part of uh, our DNA here at Cavens and, you know, we we really want to invest in the communities that invest in us. Um, and, you know, so we like to put as much money back in the community as possible that we can um, to, to help. You know, it's a it's a scenario. You know, we want to give back to the community and help the community. And we want the community to use us, of course, too. <laughs> but, you know, we just always want to, you know, give back. And, you know, me and Jessica remember the days where we lived in a two bedroom house and uh, started out with nothing working, uh, you know. Uh, how this company started was with nothing. Uh, there was no money, money, cash infusion or anything like that. You know, we started from the bottom and worked our way to the top really hard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so we don't forget that. And we make sure we give back so that there's plenty of opportunities for other people to step in and step up like we did, too. Um, and that's awesome. Congratulations. And United Way has been something that's been near and dear to your heart um, consistently. The United Way, uh, not just of, of Norman, but in general, I know they've got – their big uh, promotional campaign that's been blowing up. So it's awesome to be able to give back, isn't it? And it's not just the United Way. It's I'm, I'm looking here at the lines are at the letters from the Norman Public Schools Foundation beyond. I mean, uh, Norman Chamber. It's pretty awesome. It is. You know, we, we try to give back to as many causes as possible, um, you know, from Norman's Public Schools Foundation to the Wesley to um, – just um, so, so many more. We actually have a deal over here where it's just all thank you cards and, and everything from everybody that's, you know, we've given uh, given to over the years. And me and Jessica just, uh, we absolutely just enjoy giving back. And it's just part of, like I said, our DNA here at Cavens. And we just, you know, we just really appreciate the community uh, allowing us to help serve them. And um, so that's why we uh, turn around and give it back. All right. So one thing we need to make sure we mention before we let you get out of here, we're heading towards holidays. You're going to have a lot of people in your house. If you didn't for Thanksgiving, you might be hosting on Christmas. 
uh, and beyond. But carpet cleaning, air duct cleaning, and dryer vent cleaning, even if you're not hosting, Gary, it's a good New Year's resolution, if you will, because it kind of it helps set up your, your home to be more, more energy efficient, but maybe more than anything else, allergens if you're allergic to everything in the world like i am it keeps it clean this is a big deal to really launch 2023 if you want and you got a great deal going on for it right now that's right yes we have two rooms for 99 dollars, four rooms for 125 for carpet cleaning uh don't forget forget dryer vent cleaning if your clothes are taking a little bit longer than normal to get dry or they're coming out a little bit wetter than they used to be for the same amount of time it's probably time to get your air duct clean uh 175 for that um Air duct cleaning, uh, $295 special right now uh, for up to 12 vents. Uh, just, you know, and that's always good because, you you know, it helps with allergies. It helps with breathing. You know, you don't want all that dust and debris in the air. And what's in your ducts, when it, that air pushes it back out, that's what you're breathing. So, you know, it's always good to have your air ducts cleaned. Yep, and you can call Gary today at 405-573-3048 or in Tulsa. At 918-282-7612. Thank you, Gary. In the mail. Appreciate you. I appreciate it. I know you got to go back and grind now. So I do. I do. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. It's Gary you. Cavins with Cavins Construction. Again, you can also check out One Stop Shop for Everything, CavinsGroup.com. That's CavinsGroup.com. And what a deal. Carpet cleaning, air duct cleaning, dryer vent cleaning specials. Um, learn more at CavinsGroup.com. All right. Before we grab our first time out of the 10 o'clock hour, um, I had mentioned conversations I had yesterday with Josh Pate, I want to share a little, a little bit, a little bit of what we talked about on the future of NIL and where he thinks it's going. We'll get to that coming up here in just a bit. Uh, but I want to clean up the Air Comfort Solutions text line, and I also, I also think there's a lot of, if you will, confusion. Right, And I don't think we need to necessarily understand NIL, just that basically student-athletes have the opportunity to profit off their name, image, likeness, and the collectives came in and created a whole other world. So whenever someone from the 405 tweets, Congress enacted NIL, not the NCAA, okay, first of all, partially correct, but even though, and by the way, wrong way to spell enacted. Just so you know, I don't want you to end up like Jeff Brom and spelling a word wrong when you accepted a job and you use the wrong except to announce you're leaving from Purdue to Louisville. So just this is me to you to help you out. Which Congress on that subject, just real quick. If that's the Go amount ahead. of uh, attention to detail that Jeff Brom was delivering for the Purdue job anyways, <laughs> they might be better off without him. But carry on. The NCAA still provides the guardrails for it. Okay. I mean, they still govern college athletics, so they didn't, which was shocking to everyone involved. And I know this might sound surprising to anyone out there who read a bullet point or saw a message board post or heard two minutes of a blowhard telling you everything they know about NIL. I actually talked to administrators who lived in it, and there's a really good podcast. If you go back a year and a half ago on the Sooner Sports Podcast with Jason and Kenny, which explains everything about it. Now, I know that involves a little research, and all of our schedules are crazy busy, but I kind of lived it. So when you're like, well, the NCAA didn't do anything about it. No, no, no. Correct, and the NCAA could have got off its backside and done something about it many, many years ago, but chose not to. But in the same vein, they could have given more than just, this is it, go get it. And they should have. 
and now everyone's in a waiting game to see who's going to do something about it. Um, 918. Mac Brown says one of his top players told him several coaches have been calling him, offering a, bu- a big payday if he'll transfer. Go figure. Well, that's that's the future. And it's not, you know, we'll see again, are we going Coaches could do something about tampering if they wanted to. We could have a major tampering beatdown if we wanted to, but nobody really wants to be the first guy to point a finger because if you do, then (laughs) exactly, exactly. It's, it's, you sit there like, oh, they tampered with our players. Well, then you're opening up a Pandora's box. It's probably going to lead to you getting in trouble, right? So could something be done? Yes. Should something be done? Absolutely. Will it be done? Oh, no. And how was it put, and we talked about a lot whenever we got into the tampering situation with Jordan Addison, if you really want to get rid of tampering in college football, don't make it a speeding ticket. Like, make it capital punishment. If it's really that big of a problem, you know, if someone gets in trouble now for tampering, it's, a, hey, 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 listen here. You don't do that again. Don't don't you do that. The problem. And then if it's a sec- the- <laughs> second time, Josh, it's, no, 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 don't you do that. There's just no penalty for it. Well, and here's the deal, though. Don't expect that because there is no punishment from the NCAA. Man, we are <laughs> we true. are half a decade removed from Kansas's situation, and they just won a national championship, and everything's fine, and basically Bill Self sat out the first four games of the season, and that's it. So if you're expecting any sort of legitimate punishments to be doled out, it ain't coming from the NCAA. So unless that thing gets totally reworked and there's a new governing body or something that we haven't seen yet, there is no death penalty coming for anybody. And I agree with everything you're saying. I I agree with everything you're saying. I'm not sitting here telling you that, well, yeah, but that's not right, Plank. No, you're right. If there was one school that essentially got the old school equivalent of the death penalty, oh, man, we'd have have things fixed overnight. But don't expect it. No, don't expect it. Uh, here's a couple of Oklahoma State's issues this offseason. 7-1-2. One of the reasons OSU re- seems to be falling apart is Gundy looked to be disengaged and not interested at all on the sidelines during the OU game. He seemed to have uh, – his team had to sense that. That's at least what I see. It's Jim from Wisconsin. Okay. Is it a Casey Dunn We're problem? Pro- some are saying that because isn't that what the um, the Presley Bry- uh, Braylon Presley's mom said? They were mad about the way the offense was was being run and had some issues with that. I've got a um, maybe it's a little bit of a of, of a topic changer on OSU, but I saw something yesterday involving their season that really triggered me. And I think we need to get to it next, Josh. I really do. Because I'm not trying to shine up Oklahoma's season or anything of that nature. But the Athletic put out their grades for the Big 12 teams in 2022. 
And when I show you what Oklahoma State was graded, I think even the most ardent Oklahoma State fan would wish that whomever put together that grade was their college professor taking care of their grades. Very triggered by it. Very triggered. Um, <laughs> 580 Nate. Gundy might want to take the, that one arm he uses for push-ups and pick up the phone. Hey-oh. <laughs> All right. Quick break. When we come back, let's – oh, you want to add something else? Yeah, he could just uh, use that that arm that he's using for – that one arm for push-ups and, I don't know, like pick up the roster and learn his team's name. <laughs> could help. Um, all right, quick break. I got your back, 405. I love you. I just didn't want you to use the wrong enacted, and I know you're not a dummy. I mean, listen, Mr. Attention to Detail, Jeff Brom there, which word did he uh, misspell? Accepted? He used the wrong accepted. Whatever have, he talked about taking a game. I have accepted the Louisville job. <laughs> uh, all right, quick break. It's Plank Show. When we come back, I want to talk grades next on the ref. It's my son's birthday, Will. Uh, Will Plank turns 19 today. I know what you're saying to yourself. Plank, you don't look old enough to have a 19-year-old. I would completely and totally agree. But it's just wild, man. Time goes by way too fast. I mean, I was, I'm sitting here going through pictures, trying to find the most embarrassing picture I can possibly find of him. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sad, but very happy. I'm, I'm, um. A little bit of what's what's the word I'm looking for here, Josh? A little bit heartbroken, but in the same vein, same vein filled with joy. I don't really know how to explain it. It's bittersweet joy. It's uh, I mean that kid was basically born on the air. Literally, I mean, if you think back, um, I had started to the show had started to kind of establish itself in T Town on fourteen thirty. And we'd gone through a couple of different, you know, phases of movement, unfortunately, in the in the station in the in the early two thousands and kind of we got back on our feet and as soon as we did, like I had this I had this added responsibility. I'm like, gosh, I don't know about this. But he's awesome, man. Nineteen years old. Happy birthday, William Christopher Plank. Now All right, um co- Go ahead. You received a phone call uh, for some on-air help. Is that right? While uh, the young man was being being born or about to be. Oh, <laughs> thank you for. How do you remember that? I, I How just, do you remember that? Well, we've done the show together a little while. I remember these things. I guess we about. have, haven't we? So my favorite story about my son being born. I can share it real quick, and there's no way that he's listening. But we used to do a show. <laughs> Every Monday night, and Will was born on a Monday, and Monday or Tuesday. It was either every Monday or Tuesday night. And we would do this show that basically was a, it was a TU women's basketball show. And it would go on the air every night at 6.30. And um, it had become pretty obvious that Will was breached and that we needed to go get him after a <laughs> – after I don't know how in depth that is. I don't know if that's something you're not supposed to say on the air, but we had to go get him. Like they literally had made the decision that listen, we're gonna have to perform a C section to go get your son. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but let's go. 
So while while I was getting all zooted up because it puts you in, um, oh gosh, why am I just blanking on what the they put doctors in and nurses in? But they put you in, they put you in them, and so I've got all this stuff on. Then all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing. I'm like, oh, what? I, I should call my mother-in-law or my mom, let them know what's going on. I look down, and it's Bruce Howard. I'm like, Bruce Howard? I'm like, I'm like, hello? And it's and it's it's about 30 minutes before the show would go on the air. And Bruce goes, hey, I'm not getting a hold of anyone in the studio. <laughs> I'm like, well, um, Bruce, I'm kind of not. I know it's my job, but my son is getting born right now. He's being born. So... Is there any way I can call you later and make sure? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. Now, now no worries. Good luck with everything. <laughs> so then that, like, ratchets up. It's like, oh, my gosh, the show didn't get on the air. So now I'm going to get fired as soon as we get out. <laughs> this kid's being born, and then I'm just going to get fired whenever we're done. But, no, it, it worked out okay. Well, we know that we know that Will was being born, but, I mean, you didn't <laughs> really help Bruce Howard basketball out. Show. We, the T Women's Basketball <laughs> Show needs to hit the air. Scrubs, thank you very much, Gunny. Scrubs. Also, a great television show, by the way. It was. I was a big fan of Scrubs. Can't get enough of it. Which uh, um, I'm a little bit concerned about our two stars from Scrubs that they might be hard up for cash because uh, there are a lot oh of commercials of those two here lately. They're everywhere. All right, so um, uh, w- one more quick text, um, and then I want to get into this. I wish you had a ton of injuries, writes the 704 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Gundy used the second half of the season to analyze backups, especially the quarterbacks. Presley is too small to be a running back. Do you, do you really believe that? Because, I mean, I don't think that's the case. You don't use the second half of your season to evaluate backups. What are you doing? You go to try to win football games. And... I guess if you're, you know what, though, that would kind of fit his mode, right? Right, Josh? And the most IDGAF mindset ever, it's like, Dominic Richardson, you have a concussion, son. You're not playing. But Spencer Sanders was still in there trying to play every single game. So I would say maybe you're on to something for the West Virginia game, but I don't think that you're on to anything for the second half of the season. Period. Maybe... Maybe for the final game of the year. But you're telling me that they didn't play their starters against Oklahoma State or against Oklahoma? They tried to and still got smoked. But here's what I would ask you, Josh. The Athletic put out its grades for the season yesterday. And I don't get triggered very often. But Oklahoma got a D. Thought that was fair, right? In fact, D might be something that is – kind of being kind based on what the preseason expectations were for context i think it was west virginia got a d minus iowa state got an f and baylor got a d and baylor by the way deserved it maybe an f as well when you consider their preseason expectations what they did in back-to-back games to oklahoma and texas tech only to lose their final three games including just being non-competitive against kansas state at home so any problem with those grades? Because I didn't. Did you? No, I think that's about right for everyone. I mean, you definitely can't give Oklahoma an average grade, right? And I think no. I think a failing grade is one step too far. You know, look, around here, a bowl game is nothing to celebrate, but it wasn't 
a total disaster because, again, they did find sure. themselves to the six-win uh, plateau. So David Ubbin used to cover the Big 12. He's been on the Tennessee beat for a long time over in the SEC. Um, David Ubbin gave Oklahoma State its grade. Can I, can, I, can I read just real quick what he wrote about Oklahoma State before I tell you what he gave them as a grade? Sure. And, again, I want to make this very, very clear. This has absolutely nothing to do with OU versus OSU. And I would think, I would think Oklahoma State fans would feel the same thing when I read this and tell you how outraged I was by this grade. And again, I don't understand why we put guys that haven't watched a team to grade a team or gals. Like, for instance, Sam Conn Jr., Max Olson, those are dudes that have lived in the Big 12 this year. Chris Vanini has covered a lot of Big 12. When I looked and saw David Ubbin was giving Oklahoma State its grade, I was like, has he even been in a Big 12 game this year? All right, here we go. The Cowboys spent the first two months of the season as a fixture in the top 25 and pushed TCU to the brink, but Spencer Sanders' injury derailed the season. Now, I want to pause right there. Don't disagree. But in the same vein, he was still out there playing against Kansas State. He was still out there playing against Oklahoma. If you want to say an injury derailed the season, to me, Josh, that dude isn't on the field. Let me continue. A 48-0 loss to Kansas State served in his astounding low point among four losses in their final five games. The Cowboys may be asking what might have happened if Spencer Sanders stayed healthy, but rebuilding off last year's team that beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl proved too tall of a task. So do you want to know what he gave Oklahoma State for all of that? <laughs> what, a, what's B. The grade? a B. A B. A B. Cowboy fans, do you feel like your season was a B this year? I don't. Especially after where you were with a program that has a winning culture and beating a program that doesn't have a winning culture. I don't get it. I don't think OSU fans are happy with this. I really don't. Add to it, they get beat like they did in Bedlam when they were pretty much non-competitive against a defense that, you fair to say, ended up struggling the next week against Texas Tech. So my idea of a B season for Oklahoma State was really last year. I mean, guys, I I know some OU fans get mad at me about this, but with what Oklahoma State has done, I expect them to be in the conference championship game every year. I expect them to be... You know, and, and again, Oklahoma's got some work to do, but to be in the one-two every single season, that's with the facilities they have and the consistency that Mike Gundy has, or the security Mike Gundy has been given. I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, okay, last year it's about a B. This year, not going to a New Year's Day six bowl, not being competitive in the top ten after the eighth game of the season or seventh game of the season. No, Josh, this is more like a C-minus D year for Oklahoma State in my mind. 
And maybe I, personally, have too high of expectations. You give OSU a B this season? Really? And you, Spencer Sanders was still out there in two of those games that you're talking about. So every quarterback was dinged up. Maybe not to the degree of Sanders, but tell us that then. I mean, we're in a gambling world, people. You're like, well, he was playing injured. How injured? Because it wasn't injured enough to expect uh, to change spreads too terribly much. B. What are we doing, Josh? Giving Oklahoma State a B. I need a professor like David Ubbin at my schools that can give me a B whenever I do D minus work. Come on. Yeah, I don't think that I would B. give. A, I don't think I would give Oklahoma State a C grade either. I, I would probably. It, it would be a C minus for me with Oklahoma State, and maybe that's getting a little too caught up in the five and zero start with Oklahoma State. Maybe. Um, that's not giving enough credence to the fact that obviously Sanders didn't play in Lawrence. But, look, this is a team that fell apart in the final seven games of the season and lost five right. of those final seven games. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that that was an average season when uh, that's how it played out for Oklahoma State. There was quite a bit of disappointment along the way. They got blown out in the first quarter in Norman and lost the game because of that. Uh, the coaching was – Way too scared from Mike Gundy. Way too conservative in that game. There's plenty of decisions that were below average just in that Oklahoma game alone. The K-State game was a total debacle. West Virginia shouldn't have lost that game. So, yeah, I mean, to me, uh, it's definitely not a B. It's not a B-, minus, and I'd have a tough time with a C-plus or a C. <sighs> B. B. Yeah. Did Texas get right, an A-plus then? I guess so. Hey, like I said, I, I again, I don't really know David Ubbin. He was around for a while a few years ago, then kind of disappeared. Seems like a nice enough dude. But if you're giving OSU a B for that season, man, I think you, you're stuck in like 1995. Well, Ooh, something's going off. Do I need to run for the hills? We're good. Oh, it's my phone. It's everybody's phone. I don't think that's here locally, is it? I'm like, whose alarm is going off in there? I'm like, oh, it's all of ours. <laughs> Did you get the Amber Alert too? Yeah, yeah, no, it is, and, and it's uh, it is from Norman, I think. We're, oh, is it okay? What what do you got there, real quick, so we can make sure we get it updated. Mine mine disappeared real quick. Do you have yours right in front of you? I right, do. You yeah, do you... here we go. Go ahead. I got it. Um, let's see, missing. Oh, hold on! It's 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 taking me to the Twitter link now. This is an OHP alert. They are um, missing a teen, twelve or a twelve-year-old mm-hmm. at-risk missing person. Is it Bright? Is it Breeley Humphreys? Is that the one? That's correct. Okay. The uh, EMA has been enacted by the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. Last seen in the area of three hundred seven Overton Drive in Norman. Last seen wearing a white T-shirt, jeans, carrying a black Adidas backpack. Really is a high-functioning autistic child with diminished mental capacities. So, if you see her, um, let authorities know immediately. So scary. Well, first of all, it scared the hell out of me when the alarm went off. Number one, but a uh, a scary moment overall. Let's make sure she is safe. If you're in the Norman area, be on the lookout for uh, Breely Humphrey, 12 year old, last seen in the area of 307 Overton Drive. Uh, high-functioning. Uh, child with autism and diminished mental capacity let's make sure we can get her back home safely all right 10:38. when we come back 
Let's hit what Josh Pate had to say about the future of pay for play. And it looks like we got some doozies on the Air Comfort Solutions text line as well. It's a Thursday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. A B. <laughs> a B. Ugh. 508 Nate is, or excuse me, 580 Nate is on fire. A&M, I'll give them a B. Houston Texans, a B. Give Nebraska a B this year. You and I got a B from five. I got to be. Oh yeah. On some days we get an A. Nate, I'm. I'm. Your other tweet text is the best text maybe in the history of this show, but I think we'll wait a day. Too soon. I think everyone's. Yeah, too soon. Everyone's on high alert to try to cancel people right now. Uh, for the nine one eight. Listen, we. I got. I've got so much to get to on this show. The text line's been really good. Chris Hummer's joining us at eleven a.m. Joey Hummer at eleven thirty. Uh, top stories of the day. If you're just waking up. Uh, Brittany Griner has been freed, part of a one-for-one U.S.-Russia prisoner swap. So good to get her back in the States. Number two, um, portal season is still, you know, it's it's going on, but it's a little bit quiet. Josh Ellison was added to the list at offensive tackle yesterday. And then third, Thunder lose last night to the Grizzlies. We're all anticipating Tulsa Day tomorrow. And don't forget, the College Football Awards show is on ESPN tonight at 6 p.m. All right. Any other announcements I'm missing that we need to get to? Rick Dixon, Tulsa Athletic Director, is going to join us at Tally's tomorrow at 10.30 a.m., so we're excited about that. Got a new head football coach to be discussing. Hmm. And there is a chance Kevin Wilson will be on with us later on in the program. Is Chuck okay on the text line? Is everything okay with Chuck right now? Did he uh, did he reply back? I'm on like five text messages where Chuck is having problems with the app right now. Two things that the Air Comfort Solutions text line is definitely here for you. Number one, app questions. And number two, letting you know the username and password for the for the college football bowl <laughs> right. event that's on, a challenge that's on T-Row and TJ show. For the 580... Could you please comment on the offensive line for next season? I believe their play could be a cause for concern. Could we possibly go after some linemen in the portal to help? Well, again, I've been staunch in that I didn't think that they would get too carried away on offensive linemen in the portal. But um, Brandon Drum had reached out to us yesterday and said that, uh, indeed, Javion Cohen has an offer from Oklahoma. Now, he's coming out of Alabama, so we'll see whether or not Oklahoma is able to pull that off. And there is an Auburn offensive lineman that's in the portal, too, that Oklahoma appears to be in on. So, yeah, they're they're going after – it appears, right? They're going after some portal help on the offensive line. And it would appear as if they, they need to based on the numbers. But I would, I would also add – oh, uh, Keandre Jones is the kid out of Auburn. So, Javian Cohen and uh, Keandre Jones, and we'll see if Oklahoma can pull off either one of those. But, again, there's a lot of offensive linemen on this roster, peeps. There's a lot of ballyhooed recruits that you need to find out whether or not they can play. And I think that's what the next, you know, 15 practices and the bowl game are going to be for. Uh, Guyton played real well, so I feel good about him. If it's left or right tackle, 
with a left-handed quarterback, he probably will stay at right tackle. Um, I feel good about both of the freshmen, both of the Jakes. I think you feel real good about those. Savion Bird's time is coming. You know, Bill, Coach Beanbow talked a lot about Nate Anderson at center last year. So, uh, yeah, it sucks, man. You're replacing both of your starting tackles, and it looks like one of them is going off to the NFL. I was, I still laugh at that report by Matt Miller, and there's nothing against Matt, but it's like Oklahoma is, is begging Anton Harrison to come back. Well, I mean, you, you always want to see if a guy can come back, but to make it seem as if Bill Beanbow standing outside his door with Brent Venables and they're holding up the jukebox in their trench coat, I mean, come on. But I... I, for one, I'm not as down on the sooner offensive line next year as, as many are. I think there's I think there's potential there to be really good. And, yeah, again, sound like a broken record, but it sucks. But you slide into Jacob Sexton, maybe an Aaron Parks. McCabe Tarr is back. Andrew Rain, we all believe, is going to be back at center. And um, again, Jake Taylor is in the mix. The kid they're bringing in is a true freshman. Nate Anderson's, and I mentioned Anderson only because it doesn't appear as if Rame's going to be able to play in the bowl game, right? He had season-ending surgery, so uh, I'm actually I'm not as down as maybe I was a couple of weeks ago in concern. And let's That's see just if, me. Let's see if they don't have one or two offensive linemen that they bring in from the portal. Javian Cohen from Alabama, the transfer, seems to be uh, a name that Parker Thune and others have shared as a possibility. For Oklahoma, so I think I think you do add at least one, uh, if you can, out of the transfer portal on the offensive sure. line. Right, they they're apparently high on the kid out of Rhode Island too. So I'm not. I know that there's a handful of you that don't have this same faith in Bill Beanbow that I do. I have faith in Bill Beanbow, man. I think he's going to find the five best guys and get them out there. Um, either that or eventually they're. As Josh said, they're really going to have to dive into the portal a little bit deeper. But look at that line, right? Even last year, portal starter at center, portal starter at one guard, transfer starter at one guard, transfer starter at center after an injury, transfer starter at right tackle, transfer starter at right guard. They haven't been afraid to go to the portal to get dudes on the offensive line. But there's also a lot of high school um there's a lot of scholarships committed to high school offensive linemen on this roster. So you got to find out who can play and who can't. Uh, and one more quickly for the 918, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but they're still OSU. They're still second best at best. I think a B grade is good for OSU. Seven wins should be something they are happy about. The way they ended the season losing five of seven makes their grade go from B plus to B minus. Would hate to be a poke. But then again, average is good, and good is once in a decade. Again, like I said, I I have a higher expectation of Oklahoma State than seven wins. I mean, this is also a program that, sure, it took them a while to get back to the Big 12 championship game, but, I mean, 2000, I know we're going back 11 years now, 12 years almost, but it might have been the best team in the country in 2011. So I don't. I don't know, man. You, I don't give him a B for this season. Even if there is lowered expectations, this is the team that was picked, what, third in the preseason poll? And you lose five of your last seven? I don't necessarily know if you can high-five and say, yeah, that's what we wanted. 
right, 10.51. When we come back on the Plank Show, put a wrap on Hour 2 with some headlines. And then at the top of the hour, Chris Hummer is going to join us from 24-7 to talk portal right here on the ref. All right. <laughs> I'm legit in tears for, like, too many reasons during this show today. A, it's mostly, who am I giving credit to on this? Is it 580-Nate? Um, <laughs> I, like, listen, I'm not trying to fight with anyone on Oklahoma State either. No, when he's like, 2011 was a decade ago. Sir, actually, I mean, it was like 11 years ago. I realize it, but I'm just, I guess I have higher expectations of OSU than saying the team that was picked third that tanked down the stretch gets a B grade for their season. Now, you might make it an A for the fact that the coin toss in the Oklahoma State-West Virginia game landed on its side. That might be a reason for an A-plus there. But I'm not I'm here to fight with you. Nathaniel Hackett gets a B. Um, I will play this for you. Chris Hummer is going to join us after the top. I don't want to get your take on it. The question has been throughout the day, what can a high-profile quarterback in the portal expect to get? We asked Josh Pate about it and also what he sees. Well, you know, we're not going to have time for the future. We're not going to have time for the future here. But this is policing of the portal. And whether or not he sees anything changing. This isn't pricing. This is policing, policing of the portal. Yeah, yeah, I think we're about two or three years away from it, and here's how it's going to happen. Uh, you're going to have a train wreck this year. You're probably going to have it next year, but over those 24 months, head coaches are going to raise saying to their conference commissioners, and they're going to say, you have all this money invested, and you got all these TV deals. So basically – there's never been bigger investment in the sport, yet it's never been a bigger mess behind the scenes. You have got to help us. And the help is going to come, in my opinion, in the form of the NCAA loosening a rule they have right now where conferences can't be in the NIL game, which is ludicrous, because the answer is the Big 12 or the SEC or the Big 10 guaranteeing revenue-sharing stipends through those media rights billion-dollar deals to each player. And what you can do with that, is you can tell those players, you get that guarantee. It doesn't matter if you play for Bama or Oklahoma State or South Carolina. If you're in my conference and you're on scholarship, you are going to make a minimum, and I'm talking about legitimate money, like 40, 50, 60 grand a year, because when you extrapolate those numbers out times 85, it pales in comparison. It's a blip on the radar screen. It's a rounding error. We'll talk about it with Chris Hummer next from 24-7 Sports.